0: Get Vigoro potting soil, just eight ninety seven at the Home Depot. How doers get more done? Hey, and welcome to the short stuff. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck and Hollywood. Dave C is not here, but he's here in spirit. Uh, I was going to make a tasteless joke, but we'll just end it there.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, we are talking today about the Hollywood sign which this year, the year 2023, at which time we're recording, is celebrating its centennial uh, right there at the top of Mount Lee and Griffith Park in Central Los Angeles, Central Hollywood. Mm-hmm. That iconic sign is turning 100.
0: That's amazing. Did not realize it was that old because you don't think of Hollywood that old, do you?
1: No. Do you? I used to think Hollywood was not a place but a mere euphemism for the film industry.
0: It's both. It's both. For sure. But the whole idea of Hollywood, at least with the sign, was that it was initially constructed and built all the way back in 1923 Mm -hmm. as essentially a a big billboard for a real estate development called Hollywood Land. And the original Hollywood sign originally said Hollywood Land.
1: Yeah. Uh, And by the way, thanks to Kate Morgan and HowStuffWorks.com for this one. Uh, This is something I talked about in a, a Movie Crush episode uh, occasionally, on the mini episodes, Noel and I would go over like a, just a little bit of like Hollywood history, mm-hmm. uh, and this was one of them. Uh, and it's it's funny. I mean, I know people. Some people may have seen the original Hollywood Land sign that said Hollywood Land, uh-huh. and kind of thought like, "What is that even all about?" Uh, but that's what it was. It was a real estate company. It was just an advertisement. Yeah, to go buy houses in that that uh, development. And uh, it was lit up with light bulbs at the time, about 4,000 of them. Oh, man. I'll look uh, was that, bl- that blinked all night long. Um, because the Hollywood sign is not lit up at night. It's it's uh, You might falsely picture it in your head as something that's, like, lit up in the hills all night. That's not <laughs> the case.
0: No. And, by the way, before we um, we uh, move any further forward, I did an entire episode on the Hollywood sign and the end of the world with Josh Clark.
1: Did you really? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, jeez. Man, you are getting me. I know so much lately, left and right. Am well, I, is my your...
0: delivery even drier than usual?
1: No, it's just it's so earnest, and and I'm just <laughs> falling for it, man. <laughs> that's
0: how that's how I get you. Because I thought it
1: might have been in a part of another. I just I'm so dumb.
0: No, you're not. I'm just that <laughs> earnest.
1: You're a good actor these days. Thanks. Wish so, you would have been when we were on our TV show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, zing! I did great, but anyway, no, you did great.
0: So Hollywood Land, it was originally the sign this billboard, and the Hollywood Land um, developers spent, I think it's twenty one grand to build it, which I believe is in nineteen twenty three dollars, which would make it so. about almost four hundred thousand dollars today. And despite that price, they just expected it to last about eighteen months. But the crazy thing about it is even though it was built of essentially plywood, Uh, It outlasted the Hollywood land development itself well into the 40s.
1: Yeah, it did. Uh, It had gone through a couple of stages of disrepair over the years. Uh, In the late 1940s, it was looking pretty rough. Mm -hmm. Um, That company, the Hollywood land company, was long gone. And it was sort of a thing in the city. They were like, should we tear this thing down now? Is it kind of dumb to have this old billboard up? Uh, And then the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce stepped in and said, you know what? Let's rebuild this thing. Sure. Let's drop the land and Mm -hmm. let's just have a sign that says Hollywood. And it was going strong again for about three decades until the 1970s when it was in very bad shape once again.
0: Yes. And who of all people stepped in? (laughs) Well, we'll tell you right after this commercial break. Chuck, who of all people stepped in to save the Hollywood sign from being bulldozed? Uh,
1: Josh Clark, creator Mm. of End of the World with Josh Clark. (laughs) Wrong, Hmm. Uh, oh, I don't know. Bob Guccione, uh, who ran Penthouse Magazine,
0: very nice. Or maybe Larry Flint, who ran Larry Flint, no, or maybe Jim Bob Jones, who ran Club.
1: I (laughs) now see, is that a real guy? I don't even know anymore. Okay. God, we should do a, I want you know what, I want to do an episode on gullibility. Okay. No, I don't. See?
0: <laughs> oh, man, you got me.
1: I <laughs> uh, actually do. Uh, Hugh Hefner stepped in, <laughs> uh, obviously Playboy magazine uh, founder and chief, and he raised money by throwing a big party in 1978 at his uh, very famous, some may say infamous, Playboy mansion. Mm-hmm. And what he did was, he said, "Is hey, are you a company? Are you a, are you a rich person? And you want to sponsor a letter and have that thing restored? Mm-hmm. You can do that for twenty-seven grand."
0: Yeah, he held an auction and invited all of his famous rich friends. And apparently, the guy who sponsored or purchased the O was none other than Alice Cooper. Yeah, and he he got the O in honor of Groucho Marx, which I thought was really cool.
1: That's right. And, hey, shout out to Nita Strauss. Oh, yeah. Hurricane uh, Nita. Hurricane Nita. I don't know if she's still playing with Alice Cooper, but she was kind enough to invite us to that concert when she came to Atlanta. And it was great. It was really awesome. But Alice Cooper bought one. Uh, Warner Brothers Records, uh, or rather sponsored one. Um, Gene Autry did, of course. Andy Williams sponsored one. And it was restored. And it was uh, – they actually didn't restore it. They they tore it down and rebuilt it. yeah. Uh, which was a smart thing because, like you said, that plywood and sheet metal was was just not very hardy. So uh, this time it was steel uh, steel on steel.
0: Yeah, they built it bigger, stronger, and faster.
1: Yeah, and steel on steel was also a record by Megadeth, I think, right?
0: I don't know. No? Okay. <laughs> it's possible. It sounds like it would be a Megadeth record.
1: LLC, well, now you're afraid to agree with something.
0: Uh, No, I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to be (laughs) wishy-washy for the rest of our career.
1: Uh, So here's another little, a few more little interesting tidbits. Um, There was another threat that came along later Mm -hmm. because, and this wasn't that long ago, it was in 2010, Mm -hmm. when it was found out that all that land, I think because it's in Griffith Park on top of Mount Lee, everyone just figured it's like the city owns it. Right. And that is not true because Howard Hughes actually owned— Land um, just to the left of the H. And I'm sure some people knew this, but not many did until years later when someone was like, hey, we're going to sell this land and develop it. And the city went, you can't develop next to the H?
0: They said, yeah, we can. Have you ever heard of capitalism suckers? And the Los (laughs) Angeles City Council went to the dictionary and they're like, oh, my God. And That's apparently right. the developer bought that parcel for $1.67 million in 2002 and put it up eight years later for $22 million, which is quite an inflated price. But they knew that the city was going to scramble to put it together. Uh-huh. And you said that it was um, owned by uh, Howard Hughes. He bought it so he could build a mansion for his fiance at the time, Ginger Rogers. But she refused to move up there because um, she said that Basically, this guy's off his nut, and he Uh will hold me prisoner up there, so I'm not (laughs) even going to go up there. And it just kind of, like, fell into disuse and was forgotten and became part of the Hughes estate. I'm not sure how it was rediscovered and put up for sale, but when the city of Los Angeles was basically presented with either losing the land just to the left of uh, the big H in Hollywood or coughing up $22 million, they really went and tried to raise that money, and they couldn't quite do it. But luckily, someone stepped in. Who was it, Chuck?
1: Bob Guccione?
0: <laughs> no.
1: That would have been great if it was Gooch on that second go around. Sure. Uh, but it was Hugh Hefner again. Yeah. I think he felt like you know I did this once. I'd probably look like a heel if I didn't do it the second time.
0: Or, or he could have been like, I, I'm, I'm tapped out. I helped, yeah. you, I helped you once.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like the internet has killed my nudie magazine business. <laughs> uh but i i don't even think he uh auctioned off letters this time i, I think he just stepped in and kind of made them whole right
0: yeah i think he made up the difference like you're saying yeah so the sign is safe again including the land around it um and there's a, a book that uh was written by a, an author named casey schreiner mm-hmm. uh called discovering griffith park colon a mm-hmm. local's guide and um how Stuff works. Talked to Casey Schreiner, and um, he said that uh, you can get all sorts of really good views of the Hollywood sign. In fact, there's 14 mm-hmm. of them that he describes in detail where to go to get a good view, but one of them is not up at the Hollywood sign, which, if you stop and think about it, makes total sense. But a lot of people don't realize that the trail ends behind the Hollywood sign, so it's not a yeah. very good place to see the sign.
1: No, it's not. Um Nora is standing right under it if you can even manage that. Yeah, because uh, it's really big, right? Yeah, it's uh, how tall are uh, do we even know that? I'm saying I mean, sure some people know 50 that feet. but <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, they're about 50 feet, I think. Mm-hmm. That's but, uh, tall. yeah, you, you want to get a little distance. Uh you know, if you're going north on on Gower, you get a a nice you sort of bisect it. It's a great view. Okay. If you're just driving through Hollywood and I could see it outside of my apartment window. It had a nice. great view of the Hollywood Hills and the Griffith Park Observatory and that sign. Hey, you're from from my,
0: your room in the Playboy Mansion?
1: From my yeah, I, I lived under the grotto, which is weird. <laughs> um, it was it was awesome. 450 bucks a month, which was quite a steal. Wow. And uh, had a great view. And it was just a great little place that I miss so much. I love that apartment. Um, but we should finish probably by talking about... Um, Peg Entwistle, who was, I, I featured on Movie Crush. Um, a lot of people know this, but there was a, a young starlet who, I guess not a starlet, a starlet to be, that leapt off the uh, H in the Hollywood sign mm-hmm. uh, to plunge to her death, a uh, named Peg Entwistle. And this was in, um, oh, geez, I couldn't even, what year was this?
0: 1932. I talked okay, a yeah. lot about it in The End of the World with
1: Talk <laughs> <laughs> Oh, not this time uh she was 24 years old and you know as the story goes she was um went to hollywood to to make it big and had trouble doing that and so uh took her own life
0: yeah and this wasn't like she went out to hollywood uh, uh, like a month or 6 months or you know whatever later she she failed at it like she was she, she really tried at it she had a bit part in a movie she was in a lot of plays um apparently Betty Davis, a very young Betty Davis, saw a play that Peg Entwistle was in and told her mother she wanted to grow up to be like Peg Entwistle. So she really kept at it and finally was just like, I can't can't do this anymore. And she did. Um, it was a at least back then the the letters were 50 feet tall. And they believe that she got to the top of the H by using a, a ladder that a workman had left behind.
1: Very sad. It is sad. I do want to uh, end with a funnier note, though. Uh, Because there's this great story about Betty Davis. I'm not sure if it's true or not, but um, she reportedly was uh, asked one time what the best way an aspiring uh, starlet could get into Hollywood. And she said, take Fountain, which is uh, a great uh, east-west running street through Hollywood. Mm. And it was always a great sort of cut through because most people stick to those main streets like Sunset and Santa Monica and Hollywood Boulevard. But if you took Fountain, you could get there quicker.
0: Well, since we're talking so much about L.A., I just want to shout out mine and Yumi's friends out there, Duck and Truth. So, hello.
1: Are those real people? Or mm-hmm. are you going to fool me again?
0: They are real people. I'll introduce you to them someday. They're great.
1: Uh, okay, Duck. I look forward to meeting you.
0: And Truth. Don't forget Truth Quest.
1: And Truth.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you want—and by the way, Chuck, Hippie Rob was real, too.
1: <laughs> I know, but I, I doubt if he's
0: in L.A. No. Uh, there's no telling where he is. Uh, I almost ended this one like a regular episode, but instead, Chuck, all I have to do is say short stuff is out.
2: Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or
1: wherever you listen to your favorite shows.